All right, welcome back to another episode of the Float Universe podcast. I'm very excited tonight for our guest. He's a returning guest, one of my favorites and one of your favorites as well. A lot of people responded positively and they were entertained if they didn't, like me, they didn't actually go through with it, which was the, the thrust of the episode was drinking your urine and you know, your, your diet at the time. So I want to welcome back um, Nick Caputo. Welcome back. Thank you, bro. What up, everybody? How are you? Can't complain. Life is good. Glad to have you back. I It's been quite a journey. I looked at our uh, podcast today. It's been right around a year. And you're one of my favorite guests. You brought a lot to the table last time you were here, especially with the urine drinking stuff. I wanted to catch up with you and see where you're at. I, I mean, I know kind of where you're at because I follow you online. And I see that you've had some surprising changes, actually, in the past past year yeah. so so uh how is the urine drinking going are you still doing that yeah i'm still doing pee stuff definitely um not as consistently not as often as i was about a year ago but uh definitely still with some level of consistency yeah. just uh you know it's not as necessary because i'm doing a lot less fasting than a, lo- I was doing. a lot of people responded to that episode and particularly with uh a lot of people like we're on instagram and we follow a lot of the same people we're in the same kind of world somewhat so this, these ideas, even though we might, some of us not, might not do it, they're not really foreign concepts. But when the, pod, when the podcast goes out, though, it's a little different than Instagram and people um, respond to it differently. Uh, so I had a lot of people actually go and do a lot of the stuff that you were uh, giving us as pointers last time, specifically the dietary stuff and the urine drinking. And I saw a lot of people said they tried it and they did find benefit with it. So it wasn't just... Um, I, I didn't think it was BS. I just could never, there was many times, even to this day, I'm standing there, you know, urinating and I'm like, man, I'm wasting precious blood plasma. Right. <laughs> so, but so, okay. So the big change in you is, I guess you're eating meat now. I am eating meat. That's true. Um, that, that's a big one. A lot of animal foods, pretty much. Uh, I mean, I, I remember we talked about the last, uh, in the last episode about me never really identifying with the word vegan. But at the time, I wasn't eating any animal products really at all. And now I'm eating mostly animal products. So that is a big shift, especially like to my audience. There's been a quite drastic follower shift. I've switched audiences uh, a pretty great deal in the last year or so based on well, my yeah, dietary that's... choices. <laughs> so what was the fallout with that? I know before you were 
by basically promoting animal free, right? Like, and the whole thing about your urine drinking for me, the big, the big takeaway for me was you're drinking nothing. You're basically eating nothing but coconut and coconut water. And I'm like, yeah, if that's all you eat at that time. Yeah. I yeah, was, I was that's super, what your urine's going like, to taste like super my, my, restricted. My big question was, okay, okay. He's eating meat now. Like how has that affected the urine drinking? You'd be surprised. My pee actually still tastes pretty good. Like pretty much all the time. It actually, it surprised me. I thought it was going to be gnarly. When I first started eating the animal foods, like when I first got into milk and eggs and I was eating like a lot of eggs in the beginning every day. And my pee was a little, it was a little gnarly in the beginning, which I now attribute to perhaps my body not being totally used to processing those foods and not yeah. really absorbing everything. And then as my body got used to those foods and I kept eating them more consistently, my body started to you know absorb more of it. And now, you know, there's less excess in my pee. It's pretty much everything in your pee is what you didn't get to absorb. It's all the excess. So yeah. if you're not absorbing it from your food, your pee is going to be pretty gnarly because it's packed all the shit you didn't absorb from your food. So now that I'm absorbing more from the food, it's back to clear again. Even if I eat like a steak and potatoes and I eat cooked food or whatever, it's still, still clear. As long as I stay hydrated. And, I mean, I drink a lot of milk and I still do the green juice. Yeah. And I eat a lot of fruit. So I guess the big question is, why did you go from what you were doing to where you're at now? Why, what was the big cause of the switch? So, I mean, it was a pretty slow transition and I guess there were a couple of things I can get into some detail. You, you, well, cause it seemed thing, before you were kind of militant about, uh, not eating meat. If you know, like the, the lifestyle of, yeah, well, I never ate meat in my life right until about eight months ago. So it was a big, it was a big deal for me to try meat for the first time. And it wasn't, I mean, at first, like my whole life, I, I think we talked about this in the previous episode. Like I intuitively, like my whole life, never wanted to eat meat. My parents, my whole family ate meat, tried to get me to eat meat. I never liked it. Once this whole, you know, vegetarian, vegan thing came into my scope of perspective, I was like, oh, wow, this okay. This aligns with what I already intuitively felt, felt right in the moment. That's, you know, I was on team vegan because I never really ate animals in the first place. But growing up, I did drink a lot of milk and I did eat a lot of cheese and I ended up quitting those things to pursue the vegan path, even though I hate that word, really do. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, so there was a good three years-ish where I didn't have any like animal foods at all, no milk, no cheese, no dairy, no meat, obviously, um, at all. And the first thing that I got back to was milk. So I hosted a retreat in Hawaii last November uh, on Maui at a farm. And the guy who owned the farm, uh, his name's Jeremy. He was a long-term, like 15, 20 year, I think, like raw vegan. And he ended up telling me the story about how he got his pet goats and how he got into uh, an accident, like with martial arts and hurt his spine and couldn't heal himself with everything, tried, you know, everything that I was doing and whatever, and just couldn't figure it out. And this, the goat kind of like, <laughs> it was interesting the way the relationship formed, like it was like his friend's goat, but every time he would leave, she would freak out. So he like gave him the goat and then she was like coming up to him, like trying to get him to like milk her and shit. And then eventually he <laughs> did. And like, it fixed his spine, like it restored the myelin sheath on his spine and like fixed his, you know, back pain and shit. And it was like a cool story. And he still had the goat. And then like, he created the whole farm, like around that goat, like awesome story. So yeah, I was like, okay, this yeah. is cool. And he offered me some milk from the goat. So I was like, Hmm, I mean, you know, everything that I promote is really all about aligning with nature. And if I decline this opportunity, this offer, it just seems like inauthentic to nature. It's like, why would I, you know, what do I think? I'm smarter than life. Life is serving me this opportunity. Like, right. who am I to say no? You know, so 
I went for it because I was like, why not? It seems like, you know, this isn't rape. Like, you you know, when you get taught the whole vegan propaganda right, about, right. about dairy, it's like, oh, it's rape. But like, didn't feel that way in the moment. So, you know, it took me a while to actually end up saying yes. I put it away, put it away to the side. And it took like, you know, a month before I actually took him up on that offer and decided to do it. And what did it taste and like? And then uh, it tasted like milk. I know, but like, <laughs> and it, I've it never had like goat's milk, milk though, actually. I've never, I've never actually had like freshly squeezed goat's milk. So how does that compare to like, you know, cow's milk in a grocery store? Is it like thicker? Well, is it like, go ahead. It's a little less thick. In the moment, I couldn't really tell the difference because I hadn't had cow milk in years, you know? Yeah. So for me, it was like, oh, this is a familiar, like a nostalgic taste. Like this is actually really comforting and awesome. So I was like, this is some really dank shit I got right here. Um, and then, you know, the whole difference between raw and pasteurized was really what came next for me. I started learning totally. about that. Yeah. Um, all the the enzymes and, you know, people who are, you know, lactose intolerant. It's really just because there's lactase in raw milk and you cook away the enzymes like lactase when you pasteurize it. So then there's no enzyme to break it down. And if you don't have bacteria that create the lactase, you know, all that. So the pasteurized versus raw thing was next for me. And then uh, I don't know if you're familiar I did that live with that dude, Vegan World Order, Charles. Yeah. I was talking to him about it because I gave him a call. I was like, hey, like, you know, we're cool now. After we did that live, we never really had beef. It was, you know, just a controversial uh, disagreement that we had. So I was like, all right, you, I remember you were talking about this raw milk stuff. You got a good source in Hawaii because I know that he used to live in Hawaii. And he put me on to the, to the Amos Miller's farm. And conveniently, once I came back to Jersey from Maui, uh, they're my main source and they're within driving distance of me. So that's actually my main source of dairy and milk and stuff. So I ended up finding that. And then through the farm, I kind of just started exploring. And I, I knew that I had this like high quality food source for all these specific foods. So I was like, if I want to try any of this stuff, like this really is like the highest quality I can really get. So it's, yeah. it's interesting. So I was like, you know, life is giving me this opportunity for a reason. I should probably pursue this and not like resist what life is kind of flowing into my direction. And totally. um, even Amidst that, you know, I was there for like a month or two, not even. And then I decided to pack up and go to Nicaragua <laughs> and start eating all fruit again. And <laughs> once I was down there, I actually got hurt. Uh, I fell off a dirt bike with no shoes on, fucked up my foot pretty bad. Ended up having to come home anyway and explore with those foods even deeper. So from then, that was like in January, mid-January when I got hurt and came home. And then since then, I've been here just kind of, you know, diving in and learning more and just experimenting with a lot of shit. So that was when I started eating meat for the first time was around January. So that was when I first tried meat. I started with actually organs. I ate liver before I ever ate a steak, which is interesting to some people. But for me, that was like, you know, I felt like liver was the most nutrient dense one, like mac micronutrient dense, you know, food. I was like, I could try little pieces of it and swig it down with OJ or milk or something. Well, yeah, I mean, you're so the that, that was what the... I did first. You're the you're the you're the urine drinker. I'm I'm hoping you have no basically no gag reflex at all, right? That's what I'm assuming. Like that was the big thing with the urine, just thinking about <laughs> drinking it. I was like, ugh, ugh. but uh, you know, to so be you, honest, the organs were worse than my pee. Well, I me. mean, with the organs, but I mean, all, it would be the 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 you know the the texture. Yeah, but I mean, I was always the type where it's like if I need to consume something, like I can just do it. So I yeah. was like determined. I mean, I sat in front of the piece of liver for like a minute before I actually ate it. And had to really sit with it. And it was like really like mentally like challenging for me to actually eat it. Um, because you like it, it was you chewed it up, you didn't just suck it down. Uh I mean, I kind of like swished it around my mouth. I cut it up in small pieces and like swished it. Yeah. So I didn't really chew it, but like 
it was in my mouth like long enough for me to taste it and like actually experience it and yeah. i was like you know what it ain't too bad i was like it's not really as bad like I, I expected it to be a lot worse it wasn't really that gross it didn't taste like it was dead it tasted like like juicy and kind of like alive like a fruit right i guess the next level is just killing it yourself that's the highest yeah, I guess so. vibrating I would, meat I would you love can to eat get into hunting yeah i mean or farming that'd yeah. be cool or farming yeah either one but i mean for now considering where i am in the world i'm cool with going to the amish for now considering there's not really grazing land for animals to hunt well yeah that's uh it's, <laughs> it's interesting that you bring this all this farming stuff up because i've been i don't know if you know know owen benjamin but i follow him and he he's moved out to idaho started his own homestead and he's doing his own goats and, and cow milk and i've i've always been a preaching the fact that I've, I've studied all these diets including veganism and i feel like the best diet spiritually would be milk and cheese like vegetarian and any meat if you do eat it it's going to be from animals you've killed yourself like that would be like the ultimate diet which would be basically veget. in my experience with the hindu stuff it's like vegetarian with you know animals that are treated well their milk and cheese and all that you can go nuts with the eggs all that that's my opinion. People ask me, what is the highest spiritual diet you can eat? It's like uh, uh, ethical vegetarian, but I'm not against meat at all. I eat meat every day almost. Now, that's an interesting thing. I, there's something I can add to that, actually. If you look at like throughout the world, like even throughout history, like most civilizations that were vegetarian, like mostly like in India and like areas like around there, any of the civilizations or the, you know, the areas that were commonly vegetarian None of them were vegan. Most of them drank milk. And they all, for the most part, either drank their own urine or cow urine. So they did like somewhat of like recycling proteins to account for the fact that they weren't eating meat, which I find really interesting. This is something I was just looking into like the other day. Um, so where urine therapy is most prominent in the world throughout history are also the areas where vegetarianism is most prominent. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, you And the areas that. where they ate meat, they didn't really drink tea because they were just eating meat. You know, right. it's kind of like, who cares if you're spilling blood because you're eating blood? Yeah, that makes sense on a, on a metaphysical and like, it just feels right. But uh, I, I, I've always been like, you are what you eat and energy in, energy out. So like simple things, sometimes the little sayings we say actually is the truth. And so totally blood in, blood out. Uh, so exactly. if you're urine, if you're and urine. it goes back is, to the earth. You know, it's not like, if you're peeing in a toilet, different story. Then right. that loop is broken. You're not giving back to what gave to you. But then again, if you're eating food that comes from China, you're also not giving back what gives to you because you didn't get it from here. This land didn't even give it to you. Yeah. So for people that are looking for, for, for me personally, I found this useful. The guy that was talking about Owen Benjamin, he encourages people to do basically what we're talking about, which is yeah, grow your own food, live off the land, hunt, all these things. And for people that are looking for eggs and milk, because that's the thing, I've been on the hunt recently for like raw, real cow milk, because I hear there's nothing like it, especially if you like milk. So you're in Florida, right? Yeah. And so mm -hmm. what I have is this thing. It's called the Bertaria Times app. This guy is a ba the, the most banned comedian in all of Hollywood. And he got so banned, he had to make his own social media uh, websites and apps. And so, yeah, if you get if you join the Bertaria Times, you can hook up with lots of people. It's like basically an app for homesteaders. So and it's got every state you're looking for raw milk, eggs, uh, home. OK, I've heard of apps like that. They have like uh I yeah. follow this guy. His name is really Tan Man on Instagram. Mm -hmm. uh, he uh, he created his own app. It's called Shire. So he okay. has uh, like hookups for different farms and stuff like that, like places to get like high quality food. 
Right. So that's the thing. There's options out there for people that uh, just put in a little bit of not even elbow grease, just your thumbs on the keyboard. You can find locally yeah, like a couple minutes of attention. <laughs> yeah, you can find these things. Well, you know, it's so interesting to hear. And I'm so glad, by the way, thank you for being like I try to have like super honest people on this podcast, even if it means sometimes they change their mind or I hate it when people double down on a lie. Like, OK, I, I think yeah, for sure, for sure. I, I hate I think veganism has a point, but I always tell people I'm like, look, like use it for like detox or something, because there's never been in, in history, except for now when we can supplement it, uh, culture, civilizations that were vegan. It just doesn't exist. Yeah. You're and not, honestly, I, for, for detoxing, I wouldn't even say veganism is really it. I would say if you're going to do like the extended fasting, the stuff in like that realm, like the fruitarianism stuff that I did, different story, but like conventional veganism isn't going to detox you really for shit. I mean, most of your detox well, that's true. require nutrients. It, it depends on how you're doing your veganism too. If you're eating all like the processed veganism stuff, like if you're really, eating fake meat, like, right? Yeah, you're going detox, nowhere. You got to detox from that. Yeah. <laughs> That's not detoxing. You know, so, so it depends on the context. So you hate all that uh, vegan fake meat stuff, don't you? I always did. I was yeah, never that, a fan yeah. That that's true. You you never liked it. That's you were like Mr. You were kind of like raw or uh, organic and as real as possible. Yeah, basically. I was. I was eating. Yeah, grow, grow from yeah, the garden. Exactly. I was just thinking like real. Really, the only difference is I just took down the wall from the animal side of food like i was never against raw like animal foods i mean uh plant foods now i just like you know expanded my scope of potential options to the animal side of things as well and honestly found a lot better options like you, i would take any kind of animal fats like dairy and cheese and whatever over nuts any day really any day I feel like the cheese sometimes gives me gas, which is why I feel like the nuts. Well, why do you feel nuts is, uh, or cheese is better than nuts? I mean, it's mostly saturated fat instead of poofas. That, that would be like the main reason. Okay. What cheese do you eat normally? Uh, cheddar raw uh, from cow. So that's uh, the Amish people. They have the... Uh, oh, that must be like the it's, best it's, cheddar. It's A2 cow. It's so fucking good. Bro. That's the other thing I've learned in the past couple months. A1 cows versus A2 cows. You want the yeah, A2 that's a cows. big one too. Yeah. yeah, that was a big thing I learned uh, right around the same time as the pasteurized versus raw milk type uh, situation. I learned about the A1 versus the A2 as well. And that's why goats stood out to me, especially because all goats are A2. So you don't have to worry about the stress. You only have to worry about A1 versus A2 with cows. Now, explain the difference between an A1 cow and an A2 cow. So the A2 cows are like the OG brands, uh, not brands, but like. Um, yeah, the original <laughs> like yeah the genetics of like the og uh what's the fucking word i'm looking for breeds not brands um, <laughs> they're mm -hmm. not companies they're they're breeds um and the a1s are the newer breeds so like the, the hybrids now, like the black yeah. and white like the hybridized ones yeah so basically it's just a, mu a genetic mutation you have in milk you have two different uh proteins you have whey proteins and you have casein proteins or beta casein proteins so the difference between a1 beta casein proteins and A2 beta casein proteins is one amino acid on the chain. So, you know, proteins are just chains of amino acids. So beta casein protein is, I want to say it's like 229 amino acids along a chain. So think of it like a password or like a chain of letters, you know, mm -hmm. like a big word that's 229 letters long. The only difference between A1 and A2 is the 67th amino acid, which is uh, histidine instead of proline. So there's a mutation where that one amino acid is switched and now that creates a problem because that proline initially was supposed to bind to an opioid peptide called BMC7. And now that the mutation has occurred in histidine instead of proline, it doesn't bind to that BMC7. Now that BMC7 is, like I said, an opioid peptide. 
So that is what's responsible for making cheese and dairy, conventional dairy, addictive. So the A1 is significantly more addictive than the A2 because of the BMC7 that it's not being bound to. So you'll find BMC7 in the GI tract and in the blood and in the milk of those animals, whereas in the A2 cows, you won't. And in goats and sheep and buffalo, you won't find that either. So it not only makes it addictive, but I mean, it also is connected and associated with other things like schizophrenia and like type one diabetes and like some neurodegenerative diseases, things like that. So it's not to say that like, you're going to drink a one cow milk and like, you know, get schizophrenia, but like, you know, it's associated with that. Well, that, well yeah, well, that's cow. the thing. Like you, the, the A2 cows, the cow that you're going to get from the farmer locally is probably going to be like versus the store milk. It's not going to be pasteurized. It's not going to be cooked and all the nutrients and minerals out. The cows are going to be stressed. You're not going to have all the stress hormones. It's going to be, you know, as fresh as it can be, basically, unless you stuck your you know, head underneath the, te- the teat uh, and sucked it out yourself. I mean, it doesn't get much fresher than that. So, yeah, A1, A- A2 versus A1, that's definitely something people need to look into. But you would definitely. figure you it's would one ass- of many major factors, I would say. Yeah. There's a would- lot of major factors, though, with this. What are some other factors? I mean, the raw is definitely one. The uh, the A2 versus A1 is one. The other one is like what they're fed. I mean, that's you know, true. You are what you Grass eat, versus corn. Yeah. You are what you eat, but you also are what you eat. Eat. So, oh, that's totally I mean, true, dude. Totally true. So you got to factor into what they're fed when they're children. Are they on the tip when they're babies? And then what are they finished with? Usually grass fed just means that they were fed grass at least one time in their entire life. The grass fed doesn't really mean shit. Grass finished means that they stayed on grass until they were killed. For oh, food. wow. Okay. Grass or, finished. Or, or, or it's, you know, grass finishes like they're on grass till the end. That's the term Whereas, you're looking like, for. Grass, yeah. And I mean, even then it's like, are cows really only supposed to eat grass? I mean, I don't know if that's 100% true because cows love fruit. <laughs> if you go out to like Oregon or some of these places out West, like they just dump trucks of apples in the cows and they love that shit. So, I mean, I think grass, grass fed, if you're getting it from the store and it says grass fed, grass finished, that's as good as it's going to get from the grocery store. Yeah. But I mean, then you also got to factor in, you know, did they get antibiotics? Right. Were they, you know, were they hormones. vaccinated? Yeah. Hor- artificial hormones. Like what were they given? I mean, they give them usually, if it doesn't say grass finished, that means they're usually giving them grains at the end of their life to kind of like fatten them up before they kill them. So there's like extra. Right. Just yeah. to like juice them up with the GMO shit. Right yeah. Before. I've learned that with the, like one of the things about the, the new movement of trying to get people to eat bugs is the, the bugs are actually fed corn and soil. So, or soy. So you're oh, basically, God. yeah, you're basically, <laughs> yeah, I, I totally believe you're eating what the animal eats. And so it's super important. Like if you're, if you're eating a cow that's been fed corn, GMO corn, you're eating GMO corn. Exactly. So, yeah, I try to avoid that. People are, people are like, you the know. The only thing that I would say um, that I've seen, which really I think is fascinating, that wouldn't be taken into account is actually the pesticides on the food that they're eating. So supposedly cows, um, they have a way with their four stomachs when they eat food or like grass that's sprayed with pesticides or whatever to actually filter out the glyphosate so that it doesn't get into their milk and into their meat which I find really interesting, but I don't know how I, I saw uh, that dude carnivore Aurelius posted about that. I don't know the validity of that, but I heard it and it was interesting. <laughs> well, I guess you want to buy, yeah, but you want to buy the, uh, your stuff from the Amish or somebody, you know, that is not, uh, you know, basically has a, a, a few cows they milk here and there and they're not running a, a huge setup. You know what I mean? Exactly. It seems like the smaller you go, the better about- the milk is. Yeah, exactly. If I was to talk about the difference between the Amish and like conventional farming, 
it, it's night and day. And I mean, the reason why, like, they get so much shit from the government, like, they literally get, like, get pulled up on by, like, armed military, like, taking stock of their meat and shit because, you know, they're scared of the competition because they can't compete. You know, even like as gas prices goes up, they don't use tractors, they use horses, they don't use fertilizers, they use manure, they don't use artificial sterilizers when they process the meat, which the USDA really don't like. It's, you know, because they can't compete, the quality is just not the same. If the factory farming uh, companies didn't use these same, you know, the, the synthetic sterilizers and the artificial fertilizers and all this other shit, they would never be able to actually compete with a business like the Amish because they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> right. Wow. Indeed. The bacteria uh, would probably kill people, you know, yeah. as opposed to like the bacteria in the, in the Buffalo that I get from the Amish. That's top notch. I'll eat it raw. Yeah. I hear Buffalo's a uh, pretty clean meat in terms of like where you get it from. It's kind of grown the same way, no matter where you go, Buffalo are a certain kind of a way I hear. I could be wrong. They are, they're all grass fed, the right? Best. Yeah. Their milk is yeah. the best. Cause I mean, they it's just like it's got like double the fat compared to goat milk like you you have pretty much the same protein and carbs in in goat milk as buffalo but then buffalo just has like almost double the fat that's one thing about milk man it makes me i love it i like i like chocolate milk too but it makes me fat have you put on some weight since you've been going into this uh milk and meat and all this stuff yeah but i'm definitely just as lean i'm still definitely under i saw that fat. i saw that today i get a little research again and i'm like okay nick is still you know he's, you know you you know you're in the zone and uh, like you could definitely still see my abs all crazy and striations in my shoulders and back and everything i'm, I'm definitely hey, lean you're still able to do the breathing and stuff too or you can move your stomach around yeah exactly yeah. so good i could eat literally like a whole steak and a half and potatoes and onions and whatever and do you feel stronger and still do it absolutely Okay. So there is an, you would say definitely, would you say then based on your own experience, a meat eating athlete in general is probably stronger than a vegan or a vegetarian athlete? It depends on what else they eat, but right. I mean, potentially like there's a meat lot of is definitely a valuable tool, but I mean, if they're eating like, you know, if they're drinking a lot of milk and they're drinking like a gallon of milk a day and everything else is on point and they're not eating meat, it could still be comparable, I would say, or if yeah. they're eating like oysters or something like that, if you wouldn't count that as meat. Well, you know, they say like, uh, look at the elephant or was it, uh, or like eggs, the elephant doesn't eat meat, right? Look how strong the elephant is. That's like an argument. <laughs> I, I, I hate that argument because it's so like, not the same. Like we're not elephants. Like, okay. Gorillas, gorillas only eat plants, but they have those pot bellies because they literally ferment the shit that they, like the plants they eat. Right. Like cows have four stomachs. Right. That's exactly. Why like, they can ferment the, like the grass like that. Like we don't have the anatomy of that. We have seriously acidic, um, stomach acid and we have you know we have we have omnivore anatomy really but we true. don't have herbivore anatomy true one thing i like the most about your account always no matter what the what the topic is but especially now that you kind of flip the script on people is uh because it happened to me when i try to quit weed people just lose their minds because it triggers internally and in something inside of them that they are not happy with seeing it reflected through me back at them so how has the blowback been with you embracing meat i know you had a lot of people because they would get they would read me the riot act in my comments i've been i've been really enjoying your comment section over the past few months i will say that it has been horrible for business oh <laughs> well at least but, you're honest but it's all i mean it's it's true but i mean it's been a great personal journey for myself i like to keep myself and my audience on their toes so as soon as you think you got me figured out best believe you fucking don't but um, 
Yeah, I mean, the comment section has been fun. A lot of people have been open-minded. A lot of people have made switches as I have. A lot of people have totally combated me and totally been against it. I mean, my follower fluctuations have been pretty crazy. Like, there have been days, like, once I started posting about meat, a lot of followers came in from that realm, and a lot of people from my audience left. So, like, there were days where, like, in one day, like, I'm gaining over 1,000, you know, 1,500 followers and losing around the same. Yep, totally. I totally understand that. And, and you, yeah, you're much more... What I've learned with Instagram is the more you actually, unless like the meme is super inflammatory, unless, you know, what you, what really I think fires people up is your, is your captions. Uh, because mm-hmm. in my experience with doing this for years now, the, yeah, the more, the more insightful, the more descriptive, the longer the caption, the more comments I'm going to get. Uh, both, both people supporting, you know, my side of the argument and, you know, the people in between and of course the opposition. And yeah, you're, 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 you're flat. You know, it's like me switching from uh, being middle of the road to supporting Trump a couple of years ago. I lost a ton of people. I gained a, a bunch of people. It's like, oh yeah, we, we like you more now. Oh, we hate you more now. Um, but it always happen. Yeah. And, I, and I'm okay with that. That's well, if you're going to be out here in this realm uh, of online content creation, I think one of the big uh, things you, you have to have going for you is, is honesty. And that's even saying, you know what? I, I tried veganism, or I tried floating, I tried psychedelics, I just tried smoking weed, I, I tried not doing this or that, not jerking off. Yeah, and I failed, or, or I got it done, and, and here's what I think about it. And, I, and I'm actually, my original hypothesis was actually wrong. And so that's what I appreciate, appreciate about you, is your ability to say, you know what, yeah, I tried it, this is what, I was honest the whole way through, and now I'm, I, you know, I might be wrong. I'm going to go in this direction now, we're going to feel our way through this uh, you know, maybe this is what I need. So I, I really like that about you uh, a lot because a lot sure, of people, appreciate that. A, a lot of people would rather lie. And can, like you said, you lost a lot of people, you lost a lot of money. And I, I feel the same way. I was like, man, if I could have just kept quiet about certain things or, you know, chose a different path, I might be in a totally different position right now, but I w- would also probably be lying for money. And I just, you know, not lying is more important than anything to me. Uh, because that's the that's my currency, that. that's my currency online, and I feel like that's your currency as well. And uh, totally. So I'm always excited about the waves with you and your account. So welcome back to the or welcome to the meat world. You yeah, believe- thank you. So there's a couple of things I want to say just about like what you were just saying. Um, that's actually what led me to try meat in the first place. Like I was speaking against meat, and I was really thinking to myself, I'm like you know, really the basis of like who I am and what I stand up for is like trial and error and like open-mindedness. So if I'm going to talk shit about meat and I never ate meat, I'm a fucking hypocrite. I was like, maybe I should try this. And then, you know, I did and I actually feel pretty good. And you know, I've, you know, seen some different things and I, I've learned, I've opened my mind up to that side of the information and really learned a lot from people. And I mean, I really would rather admit that I was wrong about something than continue to do something wrong. <laughs> totally i totally you know like I, i'm i have no problem being humble and being like yep i you know i was on point about some things but i was i wasn't totally on point about that you know i didn't know about that now i tried it and i'm like okay here i'm changing my mind i feel like the transparency feels better for me because i don't have to come up with stories about who i am i just am who i am and there's you know yeah. why would i be anyone else other than me but at the same time, I feel like that also does, you know, the audience does appreciate that too. At least the people that have stuck with me through the years and who have seen me evolve and grow and change and switch things up and, you know, keep trying different things. I mean, 
I was always about trial and error. Most of my memes and a lot of my things were based on trial and error. Try things out. You know, if they work, they work. If they don't, they don't. And that's really where it's Well, at. I still think, yeah, all your stuff. And a lot of one. the things I didn't like was based on things I tried and didn't like. <laughs> and meat was really the only one. And then when it comes to the dairy and stuff like that, I mean, I never tried raw dairy either. I was coming across information and learning things. I'm like, oh, there's a whole different side of animal foods that I didn't even know existed. This actually sounds like something I would try. You know, oh, raw meat from like a buffalo that was raised by the Amish people in Pennsylvania in the middle of nowhere. That actually sounds kind of legit. I would probably eat that. It sounds just as natural as fruit. And then, you know, you look at the angstrom scale and you're like, it's just as electrical. Like, I'm like, I'm going to eat this. Why not? Give it a go. And is then, it, is it know, just as electrical? Hormones since then. As a fruit? Is it, it... It's actually just as electrical as a fruit, if not more. Milk, raw meat, and fruits are all in that eight to 10,000 angstrom range. Oh, okay. Actually higher than raw vegetables. And honestly, most vegetables, I think, are better cooked than raw. Okay. Now like you're the meat. major carnivore argument against vegetables is like the oxalates. So like for kale and spinach and stuff like that. But like if you boil spinach for like 30 seconds in water, you cook out all the oxalates. And then a lot of things become more bioavailable. Spinach is loaded with ectosterone. Hmm. There's, a, there's a lot of things that like I feel like most of the one-sided or like restrictive diet people, myself in the past included, kind of take things in one context and explain it like that's in every context. Yeah. Yeah, and it doesn't work. Like a lot of the carnivore guys are like, oh, defense chemicals, whatever, but they don't talk about sprouting. They don't talk about cooking. They don't talk about a lot of things that, like, you know, people who know what they're doing, you know, use to get around those things. Like, what, what does a squirrel eat nuts if they have defense chemicals? They bury them in the ground, wait for them to sprout, then go back and eat them. <laughs> defense chemicals are gone. Ah, I didn't know can, that. I didn't know if that. If a squirrel can figure it out, can't we figure it out? Well, no, we have, we have an ego. They have <laughs> I guess uh, not. God's <laughs> innate. <laughs> program running inside of them yeah, that, that doesn't sell supplements right no not at all <laughs> wow but uh from from the perspective of my business i mean i'm not really overly concerned with the you know lack of money coming in i also did kind of change what i'm offering i'm not doing breath or boot camp at least you know not for now um so that was like my main my main revenue stream was breath or boot camp and i'm not doing that anymore and then the um you know the courses are just pre-recorded now and there's just like the breathwork basics and the how to fast course, which is just a textbook pretty much. And I'm in the works of new stuff. I'm putting a lot of new stuff together. I've been learning a lot. I mean, as you can hear, I've been learning a lot. Um, my next course is going to be uh, about testosterone optimization for men and another course about uh, everything you need to know about abs and awesome. training and nutrition and everything for, for abs. Well, you got time for another 40 minutes? Yeah, I do. Okay. We got about four minutes left on this call. And we will get into what you got going on in the future on the other side of the break. Uh, let's see. And now you're, you told me before we went on that you're no longer at Grub from the Garden, which is where I tagged you at last time. You were at Nick Caputo with three O's. Is that correct? Yes. I switched up the name. It just feels like a fresh start. Um, yeah, I, I like a that. lot of energy associated with the old page. Um, I took some time off of the page and started a new page called Caputo Content. And that was where I've been posting for the last couple of months um, and just recently got back on the regular page and kind of made that more of like my personal page now. And so those are those two pages are really where you'll find me at I'm going back and forth between the two. I can't decide which one I want to do for yeah. right now because well, Instagram, still, because exactly. Instagram still suppresses the yep. shit out of the big page. And That's I can't go spreading, live and people can't truth. tag me. I, yep. I, it's so annoying. I can't be a collaborator. I started this new page. 
I'm trying to use like the collaborator thing to like invite myself to be a collaborator. So it posts on both accounts and I can't do it. It like blocks me from doing it. It's yeah. So corny. Yeah. You're <laughs> locked out just like me. You can't, uh, you can't go live with anybody else. You can't collaborate with anybody else. You can't use any of their special features and you'll never get a blue check. And I almost yep. see that as a badge of honor, you know, like losing your account, being right. blocked, shadow banned. So I feel like in the past year, you kind of became a meme in the world. I mean, because I saw a wave of urine therapy memes there for a month or two, and I felt like you were kind of mixed in there. Did you, how, how did your, how does your internet fame feel? Uh, how did it feel? I mean, to be, to be notorious for urine drinking. I mean, it's kind of cool. I don't, you know, it wasn't really anything crazy to me, like, or anything special. I mean, I've been drinking my pee for years, so it was kind of like, oh, all right, cool. I'm putting out information and people are actually, like, you know, feeling it, which was cool. You know, at least, like, I'm not putting out this content for, like, no one to read. At least, like, it's getting out there. Yeah. So that was cool. And, I mean, urine therapy really probably contributed to the growth of my page more than any other topic. For sure. It's uh, probably the most out there still of all the stuff I've seen. It's just it just seems to me it's crazy because to me it's like it's not even crazy like it's literally not crazy at all i just think of pee as like something that's like just it's, it's not gross like if i'm peeing like you know outside like i'll pee on my feet just to like let some of it get into my skin yeah. or like i'll just pee i'll literally be like in the bathroom of the gym and like pee on my hands and like put in my hair in my face real quick and just like let it soak in real now, quick i have done that, that i have done that i haven't drank <laughs> it, but i have done some uh skin and facial um nice. some of that stuff no fap uh you still doing that kind of stuff you still semen retentioning no not at all okay i uh got i a closed that door for myself i mean i've had i had a girlfriend at the time last time too but um you know i uh still having sex i was having sex at that time too i mean i quit jerking off and like porn like what four or five years ago something like that all right hold on hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. we got a minute left let me just close it out uh, here and then we we'll can start with this we we'll, can start with yeah this. we'll bring it back so we're gonna <laughs> head right. to break here with nick caputo uh we'll see you on the other side of the break my friend Sounds I'll good talk to you in a minute all right bye All right, welcome back. We are here with Nick Caputo, also known as Grub from the Garden, the former days. If you listen to that episode, you should definitely go check it out. You will get uh, so much information that we're not talking about here tonight. You will be entertained. And uh, yeah, I think you'll really enjoy that episode if you haven't. You've, you've done a lot of podcasts, haven't you, uh, since we've talked? I have. Your own? Yes, and uh, do you, don't you have your own podcast or do you do a live show? I do. 
it's in a hiatus. I did do I did do a podcast for a little bit. Every episode was live, and now uh, I'm taking a little break from it and gonna read. I'm gonna do a season two, pretty much. Are you again? On- Might change the name though, because "Grow Up in the Garden" is a, the old name. Yeah. Are you uh, gonna do some YouTube? Yeah, actually, YouTube is about to become my main platform. I'm pretty much over Instagram. I don't like the suppression. I don't like the algorithms. I don't like the way it works. Um, I don't like the caption length restrictions. Like YouTube allows you to post pictures just like uh, Instagram with double the caption length. You get 5,000 characters instead of 2,200, which is pretty significant. It's almost double the caption length or well, more than double the caption length. I, I, I'll say this. You, YouTube isn't much better in terms of what they will censor. So just be careful. One thing I know you can't talk about for sure is anything to do with human trafficking, pedophilia, or Satanism. Oh, yeah. So avoid those topics and then spell out things like COVID and you should be fine, especially with your, what you do, I think is more like lifestyle and more. Yeah. Honestly, those topics aren't really, aren't really of interest to me anymore. It's like, those are topics. Like once you know about those topics, like there's not that much more to say. We need more evidence that that stuff's taking place. Like what are we even going to do about it? Who cares? Well, yeah, we, (laughs) well, I mean, that's the thing you put it out there, you know it. And then the reason I sometimes uh, continue to talk about it is for those people that actually are in a position of power to do something about it here, you know, get, you know, educate people. And then, you know, hopefully people in the right position will wake up and come to realizations that, Hey, you know, I didn't even know this was happening. I can maybe do something about it. So, but I agree with you. Like at, at a certain point, it just becomes fear porn and you can just spiral. Exactly. Out. Yeah. It's like not- there are such better investments of my attention to my audience, at least with the platform I have. And and besides the, the new world order is an invitation. It's an offer. You don't have to go to the grocery store. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, so for example, if they really do shut down the world again, or they, they get you chipped and you can only buy uh groceries if they agree with your you know social media and your 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 take on the wars and coronavirus well if you're farming with the amish you ain't gonna worry about any of that That, that's the offer i'm talking about it's like an offer to to you know live in western civilization you don't have to but you want to because amazon's easy the grocery store is easy walmart is easy it's not easy yeah to farm your own cows and food and and make it and you know yeah it's it's hard friggin' work Totally. So we were talking about before the break, um, your sex life, because I'm before I met you, I was big into NoFap. I've done it a few times myself. Also, I'm uh, I'm not in a practicing mode. And that's just because I, you know, women, but I'm sure probably the same for you. Right. I mean, do you still keep up with the NoFap stuff? Do you I mean, do you do you encourage people to do that? Well, I don't fap. I mean, if, if you, you don't jerk find off, fapping, yeah. no, I don't jerk off at all for nothing. Um, I'm not even talking about porn. You don't jerk off ever for nothing. N- no, not really at all. Like, That's mi- not like good for you. Maybe one, once in once or twice in the last, like, I don't even know how many years. Like, I don't jerk off. Um, women were never an issue really for me. Um, right. And even when I was doing the semen retention, like I was still having sex pretty much every day. Like it wasn't like a it wasn't like a not being able to have sex thing. It was like a challenging myself not to ejaculate while having sex and really mastering ejaculation and mastering that kind of whole thing. Um, really pushing my discipline to the absolute limit in every regard possible. So that was really what it was about for me. Um, and, you know, there were supposed benefits from it. I mean, I was doing lots of fasting, so it did feel kind of in alignment to uh, retain, you know, if I was, you know, looping pee, and, you know, like not eating so much food, really not eating anything and looping everything back in. And just like it, it didn't make sense to like let semen go either. So right. I just kept it in. 
Um, there were, you know, occasional throughout the years of learning, like, you know, accidental ejaculations, like having sex, like not being able to hold it in, like, you know, whatever right. um, it happens. And I mean, in those times, like I would loop my semen as much as possible, which I still recommend to do. I still do it most of the time. Wait, you, um, loop, you loop your semen? Yeah. How do you do that? Um, you drink it? I mean, per- personally, how do I do it? Yeah, like not in her mouth. She spits it back in my mouth and I swallow it. Oh, whoa, whoa. well, there was a spicy bit for those people that stayed on for the second uh, half of the show there. Oh, yeah. my God. Oh, I mean, wow. in your semen, there's literally there's free testosterone. So, um, you know, there's there's the issue of like only two percent of the testosterone that's actually circul- circulating around in your bloodstream is, is free testosterone. So usually testosterone binds to something called sex hormone binding globulin, uh, SHBG which prevents it from being able to actually like go into the androgen receptor. So mm-hmm. you can't actually, it, you can't actually use it. So all the testosterone that's being used in your body is really like only your free testosterone, which is about 2% of your total testosterone. So um, in your semen is actually free testosterone. Oh, uh, okay. Well, I would do the ejaculation method where you would take a hand and stick it right between the, you know, the piping down there to keep it from exiting and I felt like it was absorbed back into the body. I'm sure you've heard of that before. Ejaculation, meaning like you kind of nut, but nothing comes out. And you right. just goes up your spine. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's basically what I used to do back when I was doing semen extension and having sex. Like I had to master that. But sometimes, you know, you get to the point of no return and you're not, sure. like, you don't know how to do that yet. It's like you got to like do muscular contractions and specific postures and like things to like really make that work. Posture is everything when it comes to that and breathing patterns. But I mean, now, I just don't see the use for it, especially since I'm, I'm looping it most of the time, unless, you know, occasionally, you know, she's like, she swallows it herself and is like, nope, I'm taking it. And I'm like, motherfucker. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, that's the superpowers right there. You just got. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you just got blessed. But I mean, yep. there's, there are so many different, there's so many minerals, hormones and enzymes and stuff that's in semen. It's, it's actually crazy. I mean, it's the, it has the potential like energetic power to produce like billions of humans so it's it's obviously some powerful stuff which is why initially i was like we should never let it go but realistically we can just loop it back in and honestly if you don't loop it back in it's not the end of the world either because as long as you're eating high quality food you're making more and honestly now when it comes to like testosterone levels and like really optimizing like human performance like from an athletic perspective we really um you know ejaculating does actually stimulate the production of more of those hormones it's kind of, it becomes a use it or lose it kind of thing when it but, comes to semen retention after. Yes. Thing. Yes. I totally understand what you're saying. You, it's just like anything you use it or you lose it. You got to practice. Yeah. So, I mean, the studies that show that, that semen retention spikes testosterone, one, they're interpreted in a pretty inflated way. Like there'll be like 140 something percent increase. It's really just like a 40 something percent increase. And it's only for a very specific period of time. So yeah, basically it's like, a, it's like a five day spike, right? At the fifth, sixth day. It's day six. Yeah. Yeah. So like they're basically at baseline the whole first five, you know, five days. Day six, it spikes, it spikes for like day six, seven, eight, and then it goes right back down to baseline. And there's basically no changes moving forward. Like after a year of semen retention, I did an entire year without ejaculating. I only nutted one time by accident in an entire year. And my testosterone levels were like 350 nanograms per deciliter. Horrible. <laughs> so but wow so you you had them tested yeah i mean i got blood work done yeah and wow. i mean definitely not definitely not 
optimal levels at, at 24 years old. I shouldn't, I should, you know, be above well, 600 at least. Well, let me, but, but, but here's the thing though, with, with, with the semen retention stuff for me, it never was about testosterone boost. It was about supposedly lubricating and powering this spinal cord up to the third eye out the thousand, you know, thousand petal Lotus at the top of my head. That was what I was doing it for, for spiritual enlightenment and, and spiritual power. And I was under the theory that the spine was the key to it all. And, uh, you know, seminal, seminal fluid and all that stuff, that elixir, that, that, that elixir of life that you put with an egg and you've got a human, it's very powerful stuff. And to raise it up the spine was for me, the goal. So forget about testosterone. I think we're on the same page with that. Did you notice any spiritual changes after going months at a time with not having any sexual release? Honestly, the only difference that I would say is like, kind of similar to the fast, like with the breathwork, being able to roll my abs and shit, going into that state and really putting my discipline to the test for that length of time really just allowed me to master techniques. And now yeah. having gone back to ejaculating, having gone back to eating lots of food, like I can still roll my abs and I can still ejaculate. I can still last as long as I want. It's, you know, I learned those skills and learned how to use those areas of my body and take control. So I can still ejaculate if I want to. Yeah. Um, sometimes I still do. And then ejaculate, you know, 20 minutes afterwards, which is pretty cool. So, I mean, the ability to kind of still do that is still there. And honestly, since having gotten back to ejaculating pretty consistently now, I wouldn't say that the spiritual aspect of it has actually gone away at all. Okay. Let me ask you this. I, I noticed this when I was trying to study intuitively what was going on in my body with the urge to masturbate and food. I came to the conclusion that heavy eating was causing me to have too much energy down there. And then too much actual physical things rubbing up against the sex organs as they're digesting. Like that was a theory I came to, which is the food is just rubbing up against me inside of me and it's making me horny. So have, have you, do you think you're hornier because you're eating food? Well, yeah, absolutely. But I don't see that as a bad thing. It's, it's oh, I don't either. Like I'm just body. saying in terms of somebody well, who's yeah, trying I to definitely have like, am horny. definitely yeah. am like insanely horny compared to how I used to be um, yeah. like a year ago per se. But I mean, it's really because your body is either focusing on survival or reproduction and your body doesn't even think about reproduction if it's not, if it's focused on survival. If there's right. a threat to your survival, for example, you're not eating, then your body isn't thinking about reproduction. It's thinking about survival. So from that perspective, it makes, it makes perfect sense. Why I would be more horny now that I'm eating. And when you eat a lot, you get more horny because your body has all the resources it needs. It has excess to go reproduce. Yeah. But I mean, as far as like the, the pressure on the prostate and things like that, I mean, like if you do have like seriously like backed up colon, like if you're constipated, like constipation definitely makes you like short term horny. Having to pee in the morning when your bladder is full and also putting pressure on your prostate makes you horny in the morning. And well, as soon was, as you pee, the horniness goes away. That was my theory on morning wood. I'm like, most men are getting morning woods because they're eating a ton of food before they go to bed and they're waking up with the digestion happening. And it's like pushing up against their prostate, which is making them, you know, raise the flag because I would test it where nights where I would fast. And I'm like, you know what? The morning wood really isn't here today. What's that all about? We could have been a, a placebo. I mean, let me tell you something. At the core of my being, I think everything is a placebo. I think it's mind over matter. Yeah. But it's just a matter of like making your mind that powerful, like and having that much of a, of a like a placebo effect over everything. So, I mean, you could bring. I think it works to some degree. I think I think it's a give and take. I think, you know, your mind is super powerful, but the actual physical world is is just as powerful. 
I, I, I tend to want to agree with that. I've had acid experiences, which would tell me otherwise, but I also be like, I'm like, okay, what's the point then? Why can't I just eat chocolate all day and not have to eat anything else? If that's really the case, if I, if I mentally believe that chocolate's going to keep me alive and, and happy forever and, and, and healthy, that's, that's the mentation. That's the placebo effect. But I do agree with you. I think, you know, you eat certain things at a certain vibration and you reap a certain uh, reward or consequence. Yeah. So exactly. I think, so let me ask you this, in your opinion, what, what's the lowest vibrating food? In my opinion, it's like cooked food, cooked meat that's been reheated a couple days later. Like that's the lowest vibrating food you can eat. What do you Honestly, think? Honestly, like the, the idea of that absolutely repulses me. <laughs> like you like leftovers. Um, you don't like leftovers. Yeah, I'm not a leftover guy at all. No. Um, yeah, I would. I mean, if we're not talking about rotten stuff, like, I mean, fruit that went bad is pretty bad. Yeah. Like moldy like moldy berries are pretty disgusting like a mango that's on the ground with the bug hitting it is, is pretty up there in the worst foods ever i would say that's probably but, there too uh, on the, and, and, but in but, terms of inedible but yeah people will totally eat a piece um, of chicken and reheat it and then cook it and then reheat it and eat it the next day yeah no i would never um i think still like anything from the grocery store is inedible um but so it, you it really you, you, I mean, you're not buying anything from the grocery store rarely anything like if if anything like in the winter i'll probably get fruit like i'll probably get oranges or something from the store but i mean right now like it's it's prime berry season uh peach season out here in jersey so like i'm picking i'm going to pick your own farms and picking my own fruit like i literally must have eaten like 15 peaches today that i picked myself the other day nice i saw so, I mean, on- at least for now like i haven't been to the grocery store in like two months because it's fruit season and i mean i have access to high quality animal foods i'll never go to a grocery store for animal foods as long as i live here okay so i saw on your instagram i saw like burger patties with cheese on them and it looked really good or yeah least- so i get the ground buffalo from the amish and then i just i just roll it up into a ball and press it on the grill yeah no bun for you i like that no not a bun guy I still feel semi-similar about the starch. I'm not a big fan of starch, but I will, I will do potatoes and I will do uh, sourdough bread. Those are really the only two starches I eat right now. You, you ever crave like a Snickers? <laughs> Literally never. <laughs> have you had, had a, a have, have, it's, it's been like 10 years at least. So no candy, not no even. chocolate for you. No, nothing like that. Yeah. Maybe not 10 years, but like, you know, since before I even went on like the whole vegan fruit wave thing, like, I haven't had any like food like that since then. Yeah. Have you had like a thing at a party or something like a, a sweet, a piece of candy and you're like, Oh my God, the sugar is just too much. Have you ever had a, an experience like that where you kind of been so out of the loop with real food and then you've been invited to an experience with friends or something and you indulged a little bit, you had maybe a one Hershey's kiss or something. And it's like, Whoa, this is too much. To be completely honest with you. No, I haven't done that a single time. The only thing I would say that I've ever given into that I didn't want to have in a situation like that would be like bottled water. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like I've well, been out of place and been like, well, what's, what's the, like, what can I get here? And I'm like, you guys like, you know, I'm, I'm like at the bar for like somebody's birthday or something. And I'm like, can I get a bottle of water? I guess. And I'm like, I hate this, but here I am. <laughs> so what, so what kind of water you, what do you drink then? Do you, how do you get your, how do you make your water so clean and good? What do you do? Water distiller. What's that? A distiller. Oh, a distiller. So I, I do distilled water, but I'm not really a water drinker. I drink a fuckload of milk and I drink celery juice and cucumber juice. So you're just drinking goat milk. Oh, that's one thing I've been on lately. I'm getting on celery juice, but so goat milk, celery juice, what else? Cucumber juice and pee. And I eat a lot of fruit. 
Are you tired of coconut milk or coconut juice? Well, I, I'm in I'm in New Jersey, so we don't have coconuts. Uh, that's true, but you can still get the the good brand, the the pink brand. Uh, what's that brand called? Uh, I don't fuck with it no more. Harmless Harvest. Yeah, you don't fuck with that. That's, that's the harmful harvest. Why? What? <laughs> whoa! Why? Why? Uh, I did a post on this a while ago. Um, I mean, there's just a lot of sketchiness around their branding and what they say. Because I mean, if you open a real coconut, right, and the inside is pink like that, the water's pink. It's disgusting, and it went better. Undrinkable. So, uh, like the fact okay. that it's pink and it tastes good is really sketchy and leads me to conclude that they both diet pink and also are, or either they diet pink and it's not really supposed to be pink. They diet pink to like make it look like that. Or they, you know, it actually does turn pink and they put a bunch of other shit in it to change the flavor or like they add sugar to it or something else to make it like not disgusting. So it, so it's either rancid with lots of sugar in it or it's still semi somewhat fresh, most likely pasteurized with diet. <laughs> yeah. Wow, I guess. I mean, if you open a coconut and you even put it in the fridge, it's going bad by the by the next morning. So there's no way that like if it's not preserved with something that it's wrong. There's no way. So there's no viable coconut water that you would uh, endorse. No, sir. Only That's why the... I don't drink it right now. Yeah. If I go back to the DR, I'll drink coconuts every day. While I'm in Jersey, you won't see me with no coconut water. I respect it's that. Coconut tea and fruit juice. I respect somebody that is so hardcore with their diet because I know how much of a pain in the ass that can be to keep fresh things on hand. And you don't have, you don't seem to have the temptation issue of bad foods. You know what I mean? Do, do, if there's do, one thing that you could, if there's one word that you could use to describe me other than honest, I would say disciplined. If I had to describe myself, like, I don't think I know anyone who has discipline. Like, Yeah. That's a fair assessment of you uh, in terms of what I've seen for sure. Just some of these things are so insane to even want to try yet, let let alone keep going and then spread online, you know? So what, what, what does your family think about your journey? Uh, it depends on who in my family you're asking. <laughs> yeah. What do, does your mom um, think you're crazy? Yeah. My mom thinks I'm crazy, but, uh, well, not, not really, not crazy, but like she just would never understand like why I'm doing what I'm doing really. She's just like, oh, he does it. He still looks healthy, you know, whatever. His blood work comes back good, whatever. He's fine. Um, my dad understands a lot more of it than my mom. Um, and my brother and my sister are both kind of indifferent. Like, so they don't you, really you, haven't, really you, haven't, you haven't converted anybody in your family? No, I haven't lived with them for a long time. I'm back with them for the last six months for the first time in years. I just can't believe they wouldn't be just fascinated just to learn like, okay, like somebody's drinking urine here. Let's see what happens. They like yeah, I mean, it my dad really them. was more than anything else. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, a lot of my friends do it. So like they've seen kind of like my whole network, you know, also doing it. And I mean, they've dabbled a little bit. Like my dad has done a little bit with it. Both of my parents actually did pee enemas. My mom did a pee enema before vacation to go to Jamaica. That actually sounds and stuff. That some in some weird way that sounds grosser than actually drinking it. <laughs> pouring <laughs> pouring it in my asshole. <laughs> I mean, it, it'll help you take the best shit of your life. I'll tell you that from experience. If I just but, say uh, if I just save my urine and then the next day just pour it in my just take a funnel and just pour it in there, huh? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't take a funnel, like you know, there's like anima bags to make it like right. comfortable and like okay. convenient. Right, right. But, you know, there's like it spend 15 bucks on Amazon, you have a way easier time with this. Like I wouldn't just like like butt chug it with like a beer funnel yeah <laughs> you know what I mean? but like whatever Where, you can do to make it uh convenient i think the the enema bags on amazon are definitely like convenient enough okay there you go people amazon bag or, or i'm sorry enema bags on amazon sounds like you're in uh new jersey for sure there i heard the uh yeah there's an ambulance that just ripped by me 
what city are you representing tonight? I'm in Towns River. Towns River. How far is that from uh, New York or uh, uh, Atlantic like City? An hour and a half from New York. Probably about the same from Atlantic City. I'm probably around the middle. So uh, it's like, like the Jersey Shore. I'm five minutes from the Jersey Shore. She said hi, it's New Jersey. Oh, okay, nice, nice. Oh, uh, there was one more. There was one more thing I wanted to ask you. I just totally forgot. Oh, this wasn't what it was. But have you? Since we've talked, changed your mind on psychedelics or marijuana? Because I still, every time I take a hit of weed, I'm like, you know, this is my lungs or bong water. I still, your stuff sticks with me. And like the last, that. yeah, the last time I quit, it was one of the reasons was, you know, something you had posted and it had really, you know, struck a chord. I'm like, yeah, he's, he's really right. As much as I don't want to admit it, you are totally right. So have you had any psychedelic experiences since the last time we've talked? Uh, I mean, from psychedelic drugs, no, I haven't experimented at all with psychedelic drugs. Um, since then, uh, once I stopped, I really haven't gone back. And I will say though, I have smoked weed like two or three times since then. And uh, have you, what's your position on it? It's still the same. It's still exactly the same, but I will say that like an occasional, like, you know, it's not like I'm like puffing down blunts, like one hit of somebody's joint. Like we're like, they're, you know, it's a thing it's weed is legal in New Jersey now. So it's like all like my parents and like their friends and like a bunch of people, like everyone's fucking smoking weed now. Mm -hmm. So it's just like weird. Like it's all around me. So I'm like, yeah, occasionally I'm like, I'll take one rip. And then like, you know, I'm like off by myself, like thinking about other, like, you know, diving deep into my own mental rabbit hole and enjoying every second of it. And then waking up with a weed hangover and being like, all right, I'll do this again in six months. Well, that's the thing. Like you're like, somebody, I treat it like a psychedelic, really. You really do. And that's, and it feels like one now. Well, I mean, just me quitting for two, two and a half weeks, I went back to it. And just the first two or three hits were like super intense and very anxious inducing anxiety inducing. And I was like, why do I do this? But I just kept going because it was so intensely psychedelic, but the more I hit it, the less that, you know, over the next few days that went away. And of course you got that brain fog and for the, for the, constant marijuana smoker it is a never-ending brain fog so yeah man six months sounds it's about what it right used to feel like for me yeah yeah so i mean it's really just like you know it, occasionally i'm like somebody presents it to me i'm like oh you know it's been a long time fuck it like i'll do i'll take one hit and i mean one hit for me like will fuck me up all night that's the thing like i've met people like you that are you know really aligned spiritually and physically it pretty much in the prime and that's all they need is one hit and they are almost on the ground, you know, uh, it, the, the yeah. same and I level. wouldn't even say it fucks me up. Like, it gets me psyched, like where I'm like so zoned in and focused. Like I need, well, I mean, the only time I've ever done it, like the last like couple of times and throughout the years, it's really only been sativa. I'm not really a big. Like, I was never a big indica guy. Like it always made me feel like shit. Like I'm just sleep like shit and wake up tired and whatever and eat. But like sativa just makes me want to talk my head off and my mind just goes fucking racing. And honestly, I enjoy it. But I will say it will never be a habit in my life ever again. Like I'll never do it consistently on any level, like any level of consistency ever again. Um, just because of the smoking factor. Like I really do notice the difference. Like only with one rip, like I notice it for like an hour later. I'm like, I really actually feel what I just did in my life. Yeah. It's uh, a lot of marijuana smokers don't want to admit that, but that's, it, it, there's, there's a truth to that, that uh, you are putting stuff in you your mouth. You don't realize it until you stop. You yeah. Know? Oh, that's very true. Um, yeah. Well, oh, I remember what I wanted to ask you. So I noticed you're getting into, or it seems that you're getting into not necessarily flat earth. Cause I don't like that term, but you don't believe, you don't believe that the, you know, the story as told that the earth is a spinning ball in a, in a, in this endless void. No, hell no. I don't believe anything that the mainstream narrative promotes. 
Um, if NASA says it, I usually just assume that it's absolutely not true. Um, but this isn't something new. I just decided to post about it the last couple of days. Yeah. But in general, like I've, I've been on that for a long time. That's almost one of those things like the, you know, like the governments and the pedophilia and all that. It's like another one of those things. It's like, is there really that much value in talking about this? It's really just fun to talk about. So that's really all it is. You know, it's like, do, do we actually know? No. But like, I know that what they're saying isn't true, but I can't say what is true. <laughs> that's where most people are. Most people can't go out and directly say it's flat because you can't like, like the globe, you can't really pull back far enough to, to get a look at it, you know, with your own two eyes. So I like gotta... to call it textured earth. Oh yeah. Textured. Textured. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's I, not I, flat like a piece of paper, but it's not a globe either. Somewhere in the middle it's textured. There's mountains and valleys and shit. There's texture. Well, that's true. I, I, I see what you're saying. It's like, I was thinking about that today. I'm like, you know, even if it's, uh, it's not really flat because it's, I was looking at the, like a speed bump. I'm like, there, there are mountains and shit on this planet. It's not flat, no matter exactly. by that definition. Mine, my, my, mine's like, Oh, it's kind of like a realm or for me, it's like trying to prove that the Bible's true, you know? Mm. And so the Bible says all over the, uh, front of the Bible, it's like, there's a dome and there's a four the corners firmament. firmament, four corners of the earth. And so it's about proving the Bible true for me. Um, and not not even because I'm a big Christian or biblical person. It's just because you know NASA. I mean, we don't need to go down the thing with NASA. You know, you know all the stuff like I do, deception and uh, CGI, and it's openly admitted um, that totally. what they're what they're showing you is not a reality. It's some kind of computer model, even if it's that. I mean, who knows? Um, and uh, yeah, so I just thought that was interesting that you were bringing that into your. Um, into your page the 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 whole there's there's possibly land beyond the ice wall that there's an ice wall and there's all kinds of like hidden lands and these people that are on these lands actually own us and our lands that we're on and it just it's, it goes on and on and on but uh i just thought it was good that you brought that up so i, I didn't really want to get into it too much just wanted sure. to yeah it's a super interesting topic but Tip the, um, we tip could the, go on forever talking about that. Tip the cap to you because that's another thing. I think it just comes with being aligned with uh, your mind, body, and soul. And, you're, and I think you're pretty aligned in those respects, especially to each other. And I think I like that put, think so, at least. And I think that puts you in a state of awareness where you can just see through deception and know the truth, like physically, like you can feel the truth intuitively. And I know I can, and I know you're, you're probably way more tuned than I am, at least physically for sure. Yeah. I just got goosebumps on that one. Um, so I know that these are, these are, these are some of the things that become illuminated to people at uh, higher frequency ranges. You can really see through the deception pretty quickly. So it. Uh, I just wanted to bring that up because I think that, that, uh, you know, it's like low vibration people believe in the believe what they're told, and the higher vibrating people uh, believe what they experience as a truth. And you are definitely a walking example of that. And and like the truth, mm. you know, you you you're able to. You might. It's like Owen Benjamin says. You might not be. Uh, you 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 might not be right, but you're you're telling the truth. Okay, I like that saying. Because <laughs> that's kind of what you do. It's like you go on a path and you're like, this is the way, do this and that. And you're like, well, maybe this is not it. I'm going to go eat meat now and do this and that. So you're, it, it, it's, uh, you're not lying. You know? You're always yeah, telling I, the truth. It might not be right. And here's the thing. Food, if you, it, it, like, for example, blood, eat for your blood type. I think food is a super subjective thing that everybody should experiment with and find their own way. 
And I, totally. but I do, I do agree that things we've talked about can be helpful to probably everybody, but uh, it's going to take, you know, if you're eating Oreos and, and sucking down sodas, it's going to take a while, I think, to step up, step up to the level that we're talking about. So don't, don't get discouraged, but I mean, you put in a lot of work too. I mean, I don't want this to go like. It's been half a decade, like of discipline yeah. and consistency and like trial and error and like really like aiming to find out what works for me. Cause I had a lot of digestive issues growing up. Like I had a lot to work through. So it was like, I had reasons for starting this, but I mean, most people have reasons to start this, <laughs> but I also want to clarify. I mean, when it comes to like the journey that I was on to the journey that I am on now, it's still the same journey. And honestly, both of those uh, approaches served me in the times that I was doing them. And I really would say the only reason why my practices changed is because my goals changed. Like, you know, I really, I was seeing where the path was leading me and it, it wasn't exactly where I wanted to go. I decided I wanted to go back to something else. You know, I wanted to go back to sports and being like, you know, high performance and doing like, you know, what I was doing, like when I was younger and really just like, you know, remembering who I was in that sense. Um, instead of uh, going down the path to kind of, I guess, be a monk, you know, like really like if you're going to pursue breatharianism, the only way to really sustain it is literally just like sit around all day and be a monk and like, not do anything and not talk and like not exert energy and like yeah. once you really get deeper into it you really have to go within and like it's a beautiful experience don't get me wrong like it served me in a lot of ways i learned a lot of, a lot, uh, i learned <laughs> i learned a lot about myself and a lot about life and um i have a very unique understanding of the world and i really have gone into uh experiences that i don't, don't really know anyone who's ever experienced the same things oh well, um, you're gone as deep as me but well that's what i like about you too and you're so young because the thing is you're right about the whole stillness and the meditation the yogic path uh, like a brahmancharya like there's i forget the different uh levels of like indian society like you go through a period of time when you're younger and then you're like a householder and then you have kids you're supposed to be doing that brahmancharya not jerking off uh you know saving your energy stillness and meditation for the end of your life and so you mm -hmm. know you know you're super spiritual when you're in your 20s 30s and 40s seeking out these pathways seeking out the truth because you've you've had enough of the world you, you want to know the truth you want to optimize yourself and you want to you know, move on or, or do what you're supposed to do and in, in, in the highest form possible. So, uh, you, yeah, you were living and that's where I got attracted to your work was I was through psychedelics and floating and stuff. I was, I think, on a similar wavelength of, you know, seeking the truth, you know, the, the stillness, the meditation, the mind. What is it the mechanics of it? You know, at least for me, that's what I was trying to do. Understand the nature of, of reality. And if it meant I had to fine tune my body. If it meant I had to, you know, maybe urine's a possibility. Maybe I should eat meat. Maybe I shouldn't eat meat. That's what I've been doing too. I, I want to know what the truth is. Like, is there truth to these things? Is it placebo? Does, does it matter if I eat uh, carrots and, and, and celery versus, you know, chocolate and grease? Can I placebo my way out of that? I mean, so yeah, I'm, I'm always trying to answer these questions and I'm putting this stuff on online and I'm, and I'm attracting people like you. And it's been so wonderful to watch your journey also um, because I, I like, for example, you know, raw meat experiment. I, I think you, you're friends with him yeah, online. Cool, dude. We're cool. Yeah. I know him through the meme world. Like I know him when he was like, Word. <laughs> yeah, no that's way. the thing. Like when he yeah, was, he did meme accounts before he did the raw meat experiment, right? Like, yeah. Accounts and stuff. Big, big accounts and big in the meme world. And just, you know, just a regular dude eating regular food. In fact, he was vegan for a long time. So yeah, I like, we're going to catch up with him soon too, or soon too and it'll be yeah, i saw his story yeah so it, it was cool to see that you guys had hooked up and all my little worlds um have, have collided 
Uh, because this is great information for everybody at a minimum, just go out and get some fresh eggs that look where the yolks are orange, you know, like get some real eggs, start there. Yep. Stuff like that. Get some duck eggs. If you can get your hands on them. Duck eggs. Okay. Well, my friends are phenomenal. (laughs) Are they the best? Like the yolks compared to the chicken eggs taste so good. How much different do they taste? Do they kind of taste the same? They taste very similar. They're just like, there's more flavor. Like it's more like the chicken eggs are more bland. Okay. And the yolks are actually bigger and they have about three times as much cholesterol, which is a good thing. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Anything they say is uh, not good for you anymore. Like, like seed oils. Where do you chime in on that? A bad thing, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not a big fan of PUFAs. Like they're basically an endocrine supplement. Oh, right. I mean, most, most natural foods like milk or like any kind of like high fat, like foods like, the ratios of fats are usually like the majority is saturated fat, like maybe 90% of the fat is saturated fat. And then you have like seven, eight percent of like uh, monounsaturated and then like one, two percent polyunsaturated. Where when you come with like the seed oils or like nuts or other things, if you have like predominant polyunsaturated fatty acids, no saturated fat. So it's just like an off ratio. Like the body doesn't really respond well to it, at least in my experience too. Like when I used to eat nuts and all the other shit, when I was in the Sevy wave, like doing like those grapeseed oil like whatever i felt like shit and i used to get bloated every time i ate and like literally like would hate eating because of that shit and now that i'm eating you know the saturated fats and the animal fats tallow and butter and cheese and milk and eggs and meat like i feel great i can roll my abs back and forth after a full meal yeah well i love seeing it man i love seeing people change and being honest about it and growing and we all grow at a different rate and nobody's right. Nobody's wrong. Usually when it comes to these kind of things, like I said, trust what your body's telling you, like intuitive eating, I think can be beneficial until it, it's not. Um, I don't know how you feel about that. Like your body knows what it needs. Well, listening to your intuition is an art. It, it's not something like your urges aren't your intuition. If you have a craving for something, that's not always your intuition telling you to eat. I could absolutely crave something. And know that my intuition is telling me, even though I crave it, this ain't it. So like listening to your intuition, your intuition isn't just craving. So intuitive eating, I really think is it. Um, but it's, it's a skill that's acquired to learn what, what actually is your intuition. You got to recognize that voice. That's yeah. the intuition rather than the cravings. Or whatever. Well, yeah, the whole thing about intuitive eating is you got to make sure you got the right things in front of you to grab when the intuition kicks in, you know, not, not the Snickers bar, but the, uh, you know, the, the Amish food that you've bought locally. Reach yeah, for that. And I mean, it's knowing when to compromise too. You got to pick your battles. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if I'm somewhere, like there are certain non-negotiables, like oils actually are one of my non-negotiables, but you know, certain things like that I won't eat no matter what, but there are certain things that I'll compromise on. You know, like if there's, if I'm at, if I'm at somebody's house or like at a party or something and like I get together and there's like grapes on the table, they're green grapes. I would never buy them for myself. But that's something I would compromise on. If I'm absolutely starving, I would rather eat those green grapes than let my cortisol spike. What's wrong with green grapes? What's wrong with green grapes? They're just like mad GMO and they're always sprayed with chemicals and they're oh right, right. It's basically just sugar water. But like in that in that scenario, if I don't have anything else and I'm hungry, that's like better than nothing. Yeah. And I mean, there were times where I would have chosen nothing, and that was in more alignment with my goals. But right now, I'm not really. Yeah, um, in alignment with any of the restrictive stuff because I'm looking to grow. I'm building my body back up, so any form of restriction isn't really what I'm looking for these days. I'm I'm trying to stay consistent in a surplus. Awesome. Well, it's been fantastic. We're, we're running up against that next break here, which is the end. 
So here we go. (laughs) Yep. It's been a pleasure catching up with you and watching you grow online. I will continue to watch and hopefully we'll have you back again in another year, six months or whatever the road takes us. Now, what are you, what, what are, where, where are we going tonight with the promotions? What are you uh, here to send us to? What are your websites? So my website is the caputomethod.com. You can check the link in my bio on Instagram on, on any of the accounts, and that'll bring you to the link tree with all the stuff that I'm offering. Pretty much right now, I have my Breathwork Basics course and my How to Fast course that are both available. And very soon, I'm going to have my course called Top T, uh, Testosterone Optimization for Men. That's going to be an online course, uh, video, a textbook. That's going to be like such a dope course, and it's going to come with a recipe book um, with all like the foods that I recommend for optimizing testosterone and all that stuff. And then um, Alpha Apps is going to be the other course. So that's a that's a training program. So it's a eight week training program specifically to get your fucking abs to look like mine. Well, I've had a such a pleasure talking to you. I know the fans. You do have fans on my account that do love what you do. I'm I one of them. I appreciate you guys. Yeah, I appreciate the realness, <laughs> and I was just uh, so happy because I I kind of know what goes on with the vegan and meat thing. It's like a ping pong ball going back and forth sometimes with people. It really is. But uh, I always different. I, I like always, the plants and I like the animals. I like to see <laughs> you're the proof for me that uh, like that there is a middle path of like locally grown uh, stuff that's ethically treated and uh, no hormones, pesticides, all that stuff. There is a way. And it's also your ticket out, out of the system when the, when it does actually collapse, when you have to stand in line and show your social credit score to get your eggs and butter and milk at the, uh, at the grocery store in, in 10, 15 years, maybe sooner. Exactly. If I was to recommend one thing that would make people most well off in the case that the world goes to shit, build a fucking network. Now have people on your team. If you're alone, you're beat. Yes. You gotta have, you gotta know farmers. You gotta know people. You got the more people, you know, the better be build a network. That's build like it. number one over everything. I agree with that. And that's kind of the gist of uh, what, what I push now, which is if the world is going to collapse, you got to either be like a good person and have a skill and you still, but you're right. You still need to know people because unless you, you have know a, people, yeah, unless you got, unless you're producing everything, I mean, who's going to, who's going to f- fix your toilet though? Who's going to, who's going to do a certain task for you that you don't have the tool or skill to do, but you may have eggs, exactly. you, may have, you know, have be, 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 uh, you know, necessary, be, uh, be, don't be in, be indispensable. Don't be dispensable. Exactly. Have a skill, be, you know, be important, but also know important people. Yeah. Build that network. Doing it all on your own is not only impossible, but also stupid. Like, why do everything yourself when you can outsource for people that are more skilled in certain areas and truly strive in the thing that you're skilled with? Yes, sir. I mean, we are social beings. We are not designed to do it all alone. Well, I'm about to run out of time here, guys. That was Nick Caputo. Go check him out online at his website. He's a wonderful guy. You'll learn a lot and you'll be thoroughly entertained at a minimum. Nick, thanks again for being here tonight. Any last word? Thank you for having me on here. Thank you, everybody, for supporting my work. I love you all. All right. God bless. You are enlightened. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Nick. All right. All right. Peace. See ya. I don't live there anymore. Sun
sounding me off songs, but they don't really sound like before. I was crazy for you, all caught up and confused. Love was broken for me, now it's broken for you. Closer instead of your pride. 